welcome to the Breaking 90 podcast, where we talk about all things sustainable fat loss. We take people on 90-day journeys to creating fat loss forever. Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoy the episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Breaking 90 Fitness. I'm Jerrica Rydell, your host, with my awesome co-host, I almost said favorite co-host, Kelly Sparlow. <laughs> and we are two of the coaches of Breaking 90 Fitness. Thanks. <laughs> Sorry, everyone. <laughs> oh, I love this so much. Sorry, Alex, <laughs> if you're listening. <laughs> oh, whatever. Yeah, yeah. He he gets it. He actually understands. Yeah. Um, <laughs> anyways, hey, Cal. How are you? I'm doing really well. Thank you. Oh, geez. What's new in your world? <laughs> well, I'm like super flattered. So thank you so much. Um, <laughs> what's new in my world? I went treetop trekking. Uh, last weekend. And I know this podcast is going to air long after, um, but the intention of treetop trekking was actually to get ready for the Spartan race. So by the time people are listening to this, they might have already heard about or attended my funeral. So that's nice. (laughs) After the Spartan race, I plan to um, interview Coach Kelly on her experience of the Spartan race. So everyone stay tuned for that because it'll be very different than the interview I got from Coach Alex regarding my experience at Spartan, I think. So it'll be cool to have a different perspective. So anyway, stay tuned. Fair. Oh, that's really cool. I look forward to that. I hope it's that and not a eulogy. So thank you. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I went treetop trekking in Horseshoe Valley. It was so much fun. I like I've, I've been before and I was terrified. I'm not a heights person. So it was really pushing my boundaries. Um, but I think because I had done it before, I went into it this time, just kind of a little bit more focused and knowing what to expect. And I just, yeah, I had the time of my life. It was so great. I did all the courses, including the black one, which is the most difficult one. You're going to be fine. Yeah, I think so. I hope so. Um, but yeah, I just, you had mentioned on a previous podcast too, about trying something new and this, I just want to encourage everyone to go because it, a, it's breathtaking, you know, especially I did it in the fall. So the colors were stunning. You have the coolness of being in the bush and then you just have this pushing your body to different limits, which is really, really fun. So awesome. So excited for you. That's, it's on my list for sure. Yeah. I'm surprised and- I've never done it to be honest. I'm shocked too. And I will say this and I don't get any kickbacks, so I'm not advertising anything here, but I found a deal. This is how it kind of came about. Horseshoe Valley treetop tracking packaged it with Veda spa. So like, tell me about a better day you could possibly have. So you go for two to three hours tracking and then you drive five minutes over to the spa and you do this thermal cycle to just like rest and relax your body. It's incredible. Wow. That's a perfect day. Yeah, I haven't absolutely. been to that spot yet, but I've heard good things. Oh yes, it's anyway, it's fantastic. So that that's what's new. <laughs> I'm happy for you. Thank what do you, you got for us today? Okay, I'm really excited. I'm calling it this versus that movement Ooh. edition. Okay. Okay. So I want to pick your brain. I want to get your opinion on a few things because apparently these are controversial concepts within movement. Um, and there will be a this versus that nutrition edition with Coach Alex at a different point. Awesome. Awesome. Can I just preface by saying this is solely my opinion and not necessarily what science might be saying because I haven't had a chance to do the research. (laughs) Oh, that's cool. Okay. I I really like that. And and maybe there'll be a follow-up edition too. I'm not really sure, but I just thought you've been training for so long. You've been, pardon me. I, I, let me clarify. You've been training yourself your body for so long and you've been training others as well so I'm I'm very curious to hear your opinion so oh. 
The first one is flexibility versus mobility. Okay. So am I choosing one or the other, or am I talking about each one? I would like to let you take it in any direction that you'd like. You could do both. Sure. I always think of flexibility versus mobility. So I'll take flexibility in the sense that we are elongating a muscle. We are trying to make it lengthened. We are trying to um, stretch versus whether that's a static or dynamic stretch. It has a very distinct goal behind it in terms of lengthening the tissue. Okay. When I think mobility, I'm talking about range of motion. So mobility, when I think flexibility, I'm talking more about the muscle belly, the tissue, the fascia covering, lengthening. When I talk mobility, I'm talking about improving range of motion at the joint itself. Okay. Mm -hmm. Clear so far. So when I'm thinking, I'm going to give you some examples, flexibility. I'm saying, okay, let's improve our flexibility. We're going to do some static stretches, maybe at the end of a workout, that might be your pigeonholed for 60 to 90 seconds per leg, no long holds where we're working on our breath. Um, whereas if we're doing mobility, that's something I actually incorporate when I'm coaching a lot into my warm ups. So it might be, I might have back squats in your workout today. So in the warm up, we are doing mobility exercises to improve the range of motion at our hip, knee and ankle joint, right? So then that will allow us to get a further range of motion in our squat, which I'm sure might be a this or that type controversy. I don't know if that's coming up, but um, that will help us get deeper into our squat work that the, each joint in its full range of motion, which, which is my opinion. And I believe to be the most beneficial for us. Mobility. No, just yeah, to improving each joint to its ah. full range of motion. That's the goal. I'm a firm believer in, you know, like the astagrass type squat. Very cool. So I'm not choosing one or the other in this situation. All right. I enough. think they both hold a very special place. Um, now, depending on your goals, let's say you're a world-class high jumper or triple jumper and you need a lot of spring and uh, rebound to your body, then you might not be doing a ton of flexibility type movements because we're not trying to lengthen that muscle belly and that fascia very much because we want it to be a little tight. We want to have rebound. So you might not do much flexibility type movements. You might just work on keeping a healthy joint and doing some mobility exercises. So one has a place maybe more than the other in certain situations, but in the average Joe, I would say they both hold a very important place in your routine. Average Joe is I think who most of us identify with. Yes. <laughs> okay, cool. Um, Okay. So this next one is corrective exercise versus the concept of shut up and lift. Okay. Can you elaborate? Yeah. So what I was reading up on, and this is why I wanted to ask you, is that some people will go in with this cookie cutter kind of um, workout program for someone and meaning like everyone can just get under the bar right away and start exercising. That's the shut up and lift concept versus corrective exercising where you've gone through an assessment to know what this individual needs and you're actually correcting for their body type. That's probably not the right term, not body type, what their unique needs are within their body at that moment. Awesome. Um, this is interesting. I like this. This is fun. Um, so for, I'm going to confuse different situations, I guess Hmm. for a healthy when I say healthy, I mean no injuries, maybe has a 
pretty decent background in keeping their body moving, hasn't been very stationary for a long time. Like they're just an average person who is active but doesn't specifically work out. For a healthy individual with no real injuries, you probably could just join a kind of cookie cutter class, show up and, and get to work. This is just to get you moving. Now, most of us have goals and we are firm believers in having goals and setting goals. And so that's where corrective exercise type programming will come in because it's not, we know that it's not a one size fits all approach in the sense that 90% of people, 99, I would say 0.9% of people that do come to us have had some type of pre-existing injury in their life that might limit certain movements. Um, you know, they might've been really stationary for the last six months and have barely done anything. So jumping into your boot camp type class might be way above their head. So, you know, for the most part, I would choose corrective exercise if you have the means to access a coach and someone to help you along that process. However, at times just shutting up and lifting in a sense that, you know, just showing up and doing something, even though it's not perfect, um, will do the trick, especially when you're just kind of getting things going. So this is a tough one because I, I, I like both. They both hold, again, I'm going to say this every time, probably they both hold a really important place depending on the person. Uh, I'd rather, if it, if it means you're not able to access the means of having someone assess you and to give you that one, you know, your specific programming, I'd rather you just show up to a class, do what you can with whatever they're telling you to do or show up to take a, a Google image workout that someone just posted on there for free, take it to the gym with you and do your best. Um, I'd rather you do that 100, 100 times over just knowing your limits and that's where this one shutting up and lifting has a huge star beside it and how you have to know your limits if you're going to take this route without the coach and, and that nature um, just to know that you'll stop before an injury or you won't push yourself past that otherwise if you have the access then hey why not have something individualized for you and to meet your goals a bit faster cool i love that okay next one compound versus isolation exercises I figured this one was coming. Um, <laughs> so if I were to tell you, you only had 30 minutes, or if you were to tell me, I only had 30 minutes to go to the gym, I would tell you only do compound movements, right? Because so I'll just preface, I guess a compound movement is working multiple muscle groups at a time. So that's your squat, like your deadlift, your overhead press, your bench press, things that aren't just doing one muscle group, like a bicep curl, which would be an isolation type movement. So if your overall goal, geez, even if your overall goal is just to get bigger in certain muscle groups, compound lifting will probably, will still get you there faster, um, mm. ensuring that you're giving adequate rest, right? If I showed up every single day and only had 30 minutes and did the exact same squat, deadlift, press, bench every day, the same routine changed nothing. I probably wouldn't get to where I want to be because we're doing too much repetition, not leaving adequate rest, et cetera. So that's where isolation movements do come in because when we are showing up every day, that allows certain muscle groups to have rest, right? So if I'm showing up every day, I can do the biceps and the quadricep muscles, and maybe tomorrow I'll do the triceps and the hamstrings. So the front of the body, back of the body, for example. So that allows a bit of change throughout the week, a little bit of rest. However, if we're going like three times a week, 45 minutes in and out, 
focus on your compound movements. They certainly are superior. They've been shown time and time again uh, to be kind of that superior movement when it comes to increasing strength. Geez, it could be any of your goals. Um, increasing strength, increasing power, increasing endurance in the muscle. Just You just have to change kind of your rep range when it comes to that. But I would highly recommend mastering the compound movements first and foremost. Cool. Love that. Ready? Yep. Core stability versus core flexion and or rotation. Core stability versus core flexion. Okay. Okay. Um, both. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. No, I think when it comes to this makes me think, let's just talk about like elderly, maybe this is a good Mm. example. So when it comes to like an elderly person, I would really start working on core stability. Core stability has, it's a really good uh, foundation for overall balance. Even just standing on one leg, do you have good core stability? We can, we can improve our times you know, doing the one-legged stand test and things in that nature, things that have a lot of, um, what's the word, carry over. Like, I mean, like if I were to test an elderly and do their one-legged stand test, that would tell me a lot of information about where they're at in terms of their stability. So if we worked on their core stability, that would help to improve that time, for example. So for someone in the elderly, when balance is one of the most important goals, having good stability, then I would choose working on that. So exercises being like the pal off press. So for those that are listening, that's like holding a band in front of you or a some type of resistance and squeezing your core. Plank holds. So things like where we're just bracing and holding. Um, it could be standing, holding a weight at your side and not letting that weight pull you down. So things in that nature where we're bracing, holding, that's core stability for the most part. Now core flexion and rotation would be things like the crunch, the sit up, the Russian twist, things in that nature. I am a huge believer in rotation, rotation, rotation. Um, so many of us, whether we work at home from a desk, right? And we face forward all day long, or geez, we drive a vehicle for most of our day, a lot of us don't do a ton of true core rotation. We might rotate our neck, we might turn our whole body, but we're not actually twisting at the core. That is really important for our bodies to um, to be able to move, not only at, I'm saying core, but actually at the thoracic spine and seeing true rotation there. So um, of course, I'm gonna say both, I really do believe we should be able to rotate and a good test is there's some good rotation tests you can do, like the thread the needle one way and seeing how much more limited you are the other way. There's the classic one if you're listening, if you've been in high school, they might make you put the broomstick on your shoulders and twist to the right and see how far you twist and twist to the left and see how far the broomstick goes. So there's a lot of tests you can do to compare your left to right rotation, um, but it's very important when it comes to just day-to-day lifestyle because we don't do it enough. So incorporating that into your routine is key. Very cool. Okay. I think I know where this one's going, but here we go. Traditional (laughs) cardio versus resistance training. Oh, I I thought you were going to say traditional cardio versus like it. Okay. Hmm. Traditional cardio versus resistance training. I mean, I would say it depends on your goal. But even if your goal is to be a better runner, you should be resistance training. So I'm going to choose resistance training, of course. Um, Now, if running is the ultimate goal, you still have to do traditional cardio. 
Mm -hmm. um, but uh, incorporating, like I said, resistance training into your routine will not only make you a better, will make you stronger, but will make you a better runner and make you faster, uh, more power output, things in that nature. Um, everyone should be resistance training, in my opinion. Not only does it actually make your muscles stronger, bigger, faster, et cetera, but it's, it's actually strengthening your bones, strengthening your tendons, things like that, that we need to start thinking about later in life. Um, so resistance training through and through, but if you want to be a world-class runner, you also got to do the running. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, okay. Last one then you zipped through these. This is fantastic. Wait, can I add another point? Yes. Um, this is for those people that are listening. They're like, well, what about your heart health for the, the cardio? Resistance training actually strengthens your heart as well. So I know people often, that's usually one of the arguments. It's like, there's actual studies out there that show that the mus muscle is a heart or the heart is a muscle. Whoa. Okay. <laughs> so when you resistance train, you can actually strengthen and thicken the walls of your heart and make it pump and work stronger. So don't feel like we have to completely do cardio in order to get a stronger heart resistance training also does that too. Combining the two is a magical way to keep your body um, living optimally, in my opinion. Beautiful. That was a great addition. Yeah. Um, okay. So last but not least, advanced monitoring techniques for all of these different, you know, not just vital signs, but, you know, sleep quality and all that versus what they call the feel method. Cool. Hmm. This is an interesting one. So I've been on both sides of this fence. Yeah, I bet. I'm super, I'm a big science nerd, as you guys can understand. And I love like neuroscience and I love podcasts. I have like the new upcoming technology. I've tried it all. I've done it all. I've paid for the expensive monthly subscriptions for the, the fancy watches and things like that. Um, I've also been on the last year and a half on the feel method. And I think they both hold a really valuable place. And I'll explain why. So when you have the fancy monitors, you can learn some really important information. Like, you know, at what capacity am I working? Okay, take a second. How do I feel am I working? I feel like I'm working at an eight and a 10 right now. Like I'm dying, I'm sweating, I'm super out of breath. I'm almost at my max. Okay, let me just learn about that. What's my heart rate actually at, for example? Okay, it's basically what I thought it was, it was almost at my max. That's how I'm feeling. Great. So we're learning that correlation between our cues of our body, what, what science is actually telling us. Same thing with sleep. For example, I wake up this fancy watch that I had before it would actually go on my phone and it would give me a sleep score. I think they all do that now, excuse me. But if you wake up before you check that, don't let that dictate how you feel right before you check it, ask yourself, do I feel rested? Do I feel awake? Do I feel alert? I, you know, check in. Do I feel like I actually had a good sleep? How many times do I think I woke up last night? You know, ask yourself those questions. Check in with the app. They're not always accurate, so take it with a grain of salt. And you can learn those things as you go and see how in tune you really kind of are with your body based on what this scientific piece of metal or plastic is telling you. So I love them in the sense that they can teach you something. I don't love them in the fact that they people rely on the data to dictate what they do throughout the day. So when you flip flop my examples, right? Yeah. So, and I've been there, I'll check my, my sleep score. 
I, oh, wow, I'm at 1%. I'm literally operating at 1% out of one out of a hundred today. It's in the red. It's telling me to do no exercise, to only walk. It's telling me to nap two hours today or something. It'll be like an equation. Meanwhile, I actually feel pretty damn good today. Mm -hmm. So then, you know, now I'm not getting in my exercise that I probably could have went and done and, and felt fine doing. And maybe because it's telling me at 1%, Typically, when you're operating really low and had a really poor sleep, you would gravitate towards foods that are a little bit more on the fatty side or the carbohydrate side and foods that are a little bit greasier. So that might be making me think I should want those foods. So it, it definitely plays a mind game when you flip the switch, when you look at the data first and don't check in with yourself. And that's why I don't like those things. Um, but I do like them in the sense that you can learn a lot about your body. And, and I certainly have. A lot of them have some really cool, um, especially for women, a lot of cool reproductive health tracking and things in that nature now, which is, it's always helpful instead of just paper and pen. Um, but at the end of the day, I think it's always worth taking a break from them and just really uh, focusing on how you truly feel and, and see if that works for you. Amazing. This was so fun. I love this. I'm going to do one to you. Oh, I look forward to that. <laughs> yeah. That's this fun. Yeah. So, okay, the tip that I would like to leave people with is actually just in relation to the podcast today. Um, and it's it's actually more of a mindset tip, I suppose. We did this versus that. Jerrica gave you her opinion. She also gave you some information as well that, that wasn't just opinionated. Um, I want to check in with people and ask them or ask them to ask themselves, did any of this information make you bristle? Did it go up against a belief system that you've been handed down about health and fitness where you feel like you are resisting the information because of what you've been taught or how it's always been done? I'm putting that in quotations. Um, and then can you look at any of these topics that we just covered today and ask yourself based on, let's say, the feel-good method or the feel method, um, what might you like to incorporate or what what might you have learned that you think you need to incorporate a little bit more of from this list. Um, so that's, I just don't want to overwhelm people because I think this was a very like information heavy podcast. Um, so maybe they can just kind of sit back and conceptualize it a little bit more. Awesome. Great, great topic. Thanks, Kelly. My pleasure. Awesome. So for everyone that's listening, if you could please subscribe to the podcast, that will actually notify you when we get a new episode released. Uh, screenshot from wherever you're listening and share to any of your social media platforms and tag a friend that you think would love this episode. Um, we'll catch you next week and thanks for listening.